all right now. What seems to be your trouble? I feel depressed. I know I should be happy, but I'm not. Well, as they say on TV, the mere fact that you realize you need help indicates that you are not too far gone. I think we better pinpoint your fears. If we can find out what you're afraid of, we can label it. Actually, Lucy, my trouble is Christmas. I just don't understand it. Instead of feeling happy, I feel sort of let down. You need involvement. You need to get involved in some real Christmas project. Incidentally, I know how you feel about all this Christmas business. Getting depressed and all that it happens to me every year. I never get what I really want. I always get a lot of stupid toys or a bicycle or clothes or something like that. What is it you want? Real estate. The season's upon us, it's that time of year. Brandy and eggnog, there's plenty of cheer. There's lights on the trees and there's wreaths to be hung. There's mischief and mayhem and songs to be sung. There's bells and there's holly, the kids are gung-ho. True love finds a kiss beneath fresh mistletoe. Some families are messed up while others are fine. If you think yours is crazy, well, you should see mine. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. We're getting closer to Christmas. I open up with that clip from Charlie Brown Christmas. Hey, you know what? This is what I want for Christmas. Real estate. And happily, happily, the economy is uh, showing uh, signs of uh, we're going into recession. And uh, as a result, we're seeing the interest rates go down. So real estate will be the uh, will be the choice, the, the present of choice this year, folks. And if you need financing, call me. Uh, that song was Dropkick Murphy's The Season's Upon Us. One of my favorite one of my favorite uh, anthems for Christmas time because it uh, kind of looks like my family as well. So anyway, uh, uh, we're all crazy out there. Hey, so I got a great show for you. And before I do, I want to introduce myself for those who don't know me. My name is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. If you're inter- interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free. Area code 855-640-2020. Um, whether that's uh, to pick up a piece of property that you like to purchase, uh, whether that be in California or, or another state, or whether you want to refinance a piece of property that you already own uh, to rearrange some of your finances, whether that be in California or another state, or whether that's uh, if you're over 62 and you want to close that gap between the amount of years you have left and the amount of money you have left, you want to use some of your real estate equity um, and do a reverse mortgage, call me toll free, 855-640-2020. If you, if you want to get some information but you don't want to talk on the phone, uh, go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Uh, click on the United American Mortgage logo and put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. You hear back from either uh, myself or one of our talented teammates, and we'll uh, 
help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. If if you want to hear something repeated, stay on edhoffman.net and click on the podcast page. You can hear this show as well, well as several past shows. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, Apple Podcasts, where you can actually subscribe for free, have it download once a week. I record on Friday mornings typically, and we upload on Friday afternoons, and it'll download to your device shortly thereafter. You can listen to it on demand. If you have comments on the show, send them to me on email. Send it to ed at edhoffman.net, and uh, I will uh, either respond on the radio, respond on uh, uh, an email, or I'll take it under submission and uh, and uh, you know make make corrections or uh, just think uh, ill of you if you're if you're really mean. All right, so I got a great show for you. All right, so back on uh, November 30th, we saw saw a showdown between uh, two of the nation's most polarizing governors, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and our own Gavin Gruesome Newsom of California. My guest this week has some great insights on the topic. He's Dr. Robert McClure, president and CEO of the James Madison Institute, Florida's oldest and largest free market think tank. He's going to discuss all the ways in which Florida's policies are working and why Florida should be the blueprint for success for other states starting with California. I think uh, starting with California because we're the we're the worst run state in the in the country. His team has pulled data and compared uh, two states in areas like economic climate, education system, cost of living, taxes and overall government efficiency. Dr. McClure, or you said I could call you Bob. Welcome you can to the call main- me whatever you'd like. I've been well, called a whole lot worse. All right, welcome to the main event. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. So let's pull back the curtain on these two states of California and Florida, both with similar demographics, but very different governing philosophies. As we begin, begin with your thoughts on the Newsom versus DeSantis debate, talk about some of the major differences between these two states and their governors. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned demographics. The demographics are, are uh, virtually the same. You have roughly 15 to 20% Hispanic population, 12 to 15% African-American, rural, urban, military, retiree. You have them all in both states. Uh, and yet, as you referenced in your opening, Ed, they, um, you have very different, different governing philosophies. And what we're seeing across the country is this great untold story of the American migration. And the American migration is pretty simple. Americans are choosing to move to states that value liberty, that value freedom, the ability to start a small business, to put your children in the schools of your own choice, uh, to hold on to more of your money, to worship freely and openly uh, without concern for lockdowns. And um, we're seeing that all across the country. I mean, you, you've heard the term live free or die. Absolutely. Americans are choosing to live free or move. And they're moving out of California. They're moving out of Southern California. They're moving out of L.A. And they're moving to states like Florida. And, you know, if you look, if you watch the debate, or even if you didn't, every single data point that's been put out there, and we can delve into the specifics um, whenever you're ready, Every single data point out there points to uh, Florida being ahead of California in every, virtually every index when it comes to creation of business, um, school test scores, uh, lower tax and regulatory environment across the board. And Americans just aren't putting up with it anymore. They're just leaving states like California and Illinois and New York and moving to states that value freedom. Exactly. I can I can relate. 
Uh, Don and I have uh, our house in California where we've been for all our for twenty seven years, twenty eight years, twenty eight years now, and uh, I've been here all my life. And of course, we bought a house in Arizona about twenty years ago as a vacation home, and we bought the house in Montana two and a half years ago as a escape from California, specifically. And uh, you know, we haven't. We just haven't sold California yet. We say when it gets to a point where we have to sell one of the houses, California is going. So we, right. it's so much, it's so America. When you, once you get outside the state, the state limits, California tops the list of states. People are leaving in droves. Even Governor Ron DeSantis mentioned during the debate that California ran out of U-Hauls at one point. I I went to a, I went to some seminars years ago that showed, you know, when you can you can watch the market cycles by. The price of the price of a U-Haul to rent it to go from California to Texas or to Florida, and versus how much to bring them back, and you'll see that as people are getting ready to migrate, the price of a U-Haul in California going east is way more expensive, and they have huge discounts on on them coming west because they need someone to pull them back so they can replenish the supply. So uh, according to your data, Florida is the most sought-after state for potential mm-hmm. movers. Tell our listeners why and what is California doing wrong? Yeah, uh, in Florida, we have about 800 people moving here a day. Uh, We had over 300,000 people move here just in 2022. California lost about that many, a little bit less. Um, Florida is the number one state in the country when it comes to in-migration. California is 50th, 50th. So worse than Illinois, well, 49th, worse than New York. Illinois is 50th. So you've got Illinois going for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the reality is so is Gamas. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. The reality is, is that the tax environment, let's just take something <clears throat> as simple as your wallet, kitchen table issues. The tax environment uh, in Florida, you look at virtually any index, uh, Florida's in the top two or three in terms of the lowest uh, per capita tax um in in the entire country we're typically in the top two or three we're usually battling texas and then maybe a small state like a wyoming or a montana um california's 50th we have no income tax uh california's um de facto income tax on middle class family making 140,000 150,000 a year is almost 10 percent you add to that the ability to build a house it's twice as expensive in California because of the draconian environmental standards, the the user fees, the taxes to build a home, um, crime, um, homelessness, uh, the ability to start a small business. Um, it, Florida ranks number one as the best place to sm- start a small business. California is 50th. And so and, and all of these really uh, come back to the same issues. Um, that is the tax and regulatory environment. It is so hard to run a business, to start a business in California because of, you know, these environment, these draconian environmental standards that your governor has put into place. Then you add to that, uh, the level of crime in California, uh, Florida has lowered its crime rate by about 40%. It's in California's crime rate has actually increased by about 40%. So we have half the crime rate per capita that California does. Um, Miami, the city of Miami, 
is the Dade County is roughly three million people. It's the safest large city in America. Why? Oh, by the way, it's run by a Republican mayor, uh, Francis Suarez, and it's backed by a conservative governor uh, in Governor DeSantis. Compare that to Los Angeles. Uh, compare that to any big city in Southern California. Uh, homelessness. You know, in homelessness in Florida, and we can talk about the reasons why, homelessness in Florida is roughly uh, a third of what it is in the state of California. And so if you're trying to start a small business, if you're trying to raise children and walk down Main Street between crime and homelessness, and you add to that uh, the tax and regulatory environment, why would you stay in California? Why wouldn't you move to a state like Florida? And that's what we're seeing over and over. You know, um, I would think the homelessness thing uh, in Florida would be, you know, because we were just in Montana and the Uber driver that brought us back from the uh, airport goes, is it true that there's not very many homeless people in Montana because it's so cold there? And I go, yep. I said, there's not. I mean, you see some, you either see little patches of people here and there, but they're, but they're people living in their, in their RVs, um, not specifically, you don't see tents. You don't see people right. living under the freeways because it's too cold. But Florida's Florida's nice. Yeah. So yeah. and there's a yeah, and there's a couple of reasons why. Now, obviously, local municipalities uh, have different rules and laws and regulations. But generally speaking, in Florida, there are a couple of reasons why homelessness has dropped dramatically. As you well know, in any psychologist, police chief, a social worker will tell you that 90% of homelessness comes from either mental illness or drug addiction. 90% of it is from that. Um, and so in Florida, we do two things really well. One, alligators there are- eat them. Alligators <laughs> eat, eat the homeless, so yeah. there's less. Yeah. No, no, that's not it, but that's, a, that's an excellent guess. Uh, one of them is we, we simply do not allow them to camp out uh, on the sidewalks in big cities like Miami, St. Petersburg, and Tampa. It's not allowed. It is against the law. Mm-hmm. We don't allow that to happen. The other thing we don't allow is drug use, public rampant drug use uh, in, in public places in these same big cities. And then finally, the third thing that separates us from uh, the Golden State uh, is that these homeless people who are most likely either mentally ill or drug addicted, we get them off the streets and we get them help. And so you see that uh, reflected in our state budget uh, and, and, and in those kinds of ways. And, and in California, as, as you know better than I, um, none of those three variables are, are occurring and it has really hurt your state. I'll say one more thing. You know, the GDP in Florida is a full point, one point percent better. Uh, we had a, a GDP, GDP of about three and a half percent. California's was about two and a half percent. And our annual job growth in Florida is also about double what it is in California. So if you're a middle-class American, why wouldn't you leave California? There's nothing there for you. It is like swimming against the Pacific Ocean tide. You can't win. And that's why they're leaving. Yeah. So uh, it says uh, California also leads the country in homelessness. Newsom's solution, if you can call it that, 
is to throw $20, $20 billion at it over the, over the last five years. And it's only gotten worse since then. And with more than 172,000 people now living on the streets, uh, in fact, Newsom's office announced this on the morning of the debate back on November 30th that they are going to throw $300 million at moving homeless people out of encampments. And yet Newsom never brought that up in the debate. To me, that says he knows it's not going to work. Um, right. How does this approach to homelessness compare to Florida's? And what should we be doing, in, which we already we already discussed that. But um, you know what? The Democrats, the Democrats don't ever measure anything by by uh, results. They only measure measure it by how much money. Hey, we're throwing three hundred million at this. We're putting twenty billion dollars over the last five years. Did it help? No. But we threw all the money at it, and that's their measure of that's their measure of action action on these things. So, um, and I and I say, you know, hey, as as we see the homelessness near us, um, we see. Uh, you try to help these people; they don't want to go anywhere. They don't right. want. They, hey, give me give me some money for some food. Give me some food, but I don't want to. Hey, here here I'm going to put you up in a hotel for a week. No, don't want to do that. It's a mental health yeah. issue, and it's say, hey, Reagan did two things. Reagan was a great president, but he did two things wrong. Number one was amnesty, and number two was getting rid of all the mental health all the mental health hospitals. Right. I'd rather I would rather pay taxes to take care of those people and have them off the street, and have to pay taxes to just have people pick up their feces. Right. Hey, put them in some place. Well, yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. I mean, the the situation is such that um, this homelessness issue is th- these it's it is it is a mental health issue for these people. I mean, lying around all day, uh, idle hands, obviously, as the as the old saying goes, is the devil's workshop. There's there's no way uh, these people are are can 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 get better on their own. There is a need for help. And whether it's these hospitals or whether it's some other form of, 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 of help, um, that's what California is not doing. You, you, you talk about uh, uh, Governor Newsom putting 20 billion towards uh, homelessness. What does that actually mean? Like, what exactly is he going to do? I mean, the left likes to measure success by the sincerity of their intent, right? Not by results, but no by results. how sincere they are about their intentions. And yet it never works. And and, and it, we've seen that time and time again, whether it's diversity, equity, and inclusion, or ESG social credit scores, or climate change. It's the sincerity of their intent that is uh, what matters to them. And us, those of us on our side, uh, look at the facts. I, I think the most interesting thing that Governor um, DeSantis said the other the other night was and it was a simple little paragraph that may have been missed by a lot of people. He said, you know, California has all of the natural resources, has the most natural resources uh, and, and is the be- most best state situated for opportunity. You really have to work hard to screw it up. You and have yet, to try. You what have what? Right. And yet what have we seen with Governor Newsom? They have screwed it up. And it's because of left-wing policies that have ruined, unfortunately, your state. 
Exactly. And, uh, you know, the, the Democrats say, hey, we put $5 million for this and $10 billion for that and $100 million for this. And where's all that money going? It's in there. Hey, here's here's what we do is we hire companies that are going to clean this stuff up. We allocate all that money. They clean it up for and and then they kick back the money to the to the to the uh, politicians. I'm convinced I'm convinced that our country is is just brain dead. The fact that politicians go into office as thousandaires and come out with come out as multimillionaires. We know what their salaries are. How is this happening? Why does somebody spend a billion dollars, a billion dollars to win a four hundred thousand dollar a year job? Why does why do Congress people spend millions and millions of dollars to get a, a seat in Congress that pays one hundred seventy two thousand and it's only a two year gig, and then they have to pay it again? It's uh, if people would open open their eyes to what's going on, it'd be a lot a lot of be a lot clearer. Let's talk about education. Where does California rank in in uh, comparison to Florida, and why do you think it is? Well, Florida's number one in the country, whether you look at uh, test scores, uh, graduation rates, um, whether you look at uh, minority test scores, minority graduation rates, AP scores, Florida is ranked number one in the entire country. California, mid-20s, depending on which index that you use. Mm-hmm. And you, we talk about throwing money at a problem. Right. Uh, the left is notorious for, quote, throwing money at education. And what we have, for example, in California is that you guys spend about twenty three, twenty five thousand dollars a year per pupil. OK, mm-hmm. Florida spends half that about about 13, 14. And yet we have better test scores, better graduation rates, better minority test scores, better reading scores across the board. As to your question, why is that? Well, well, the answer is, is that we have school choice. We have universal school choice. And what that simply means is that if you have a son or daughter, right, and you want to send them to the school that you and your wife think is the best fit for them. You simply take the tax dollars, that $22,000 in California and Florida, it would be 14,000. And you can apply those dollars to uh, the great charter school that might be down the street or a great public school. You can use it for transportation to the best public school in town. You can use it for a private school. You can use it for a magnet school for whatever. Okay. But you're not taking that $22,000 and running off to Vegas to gamble it away. You can't do that. You can use those dollars to meet the needs of your child, or in some cases, a person's grandchild. In Florida, we have universal school choice. And so now parents can choose the school. I have two daughters. They each had very different educational needs. Uh, I had to meet the needs of each child differently. That is human nature. That is the way we are born with our DNA. So now my kids are grown, but I could have used that $14,000 in Florida to uh, buy books, to use it for transportation, to go to the school that best fits the needs of, of, of one's children. And I'll say this, okay? What we have found is that what the unions love to say and what the left loves to say is that you're torpedoing private school or you're torpedoing public education. It's absolutely the opposite. When public education has to compete for students, guess what? They get better better. teachers. 
they get better teachers. They get better principals. They 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 straighten up on curriculum. And so, and and the other question, the other point about that too is is that people say, oh, I'm worried about woke this and woke that. Well, if you have school choice, if schools want to teach a woke curriculum, let them, and let's see who shows up. If they don't want to teach a woke curriculum, they don't have to, and let's see who shows up. But right now, Gavin Newsom sends his children to private school. Exactly. All we're saying is give everybody in California the same opportunity that Gavin Newsom's children have. We have that in Florida. And when you have competition and market forces at work and you give people tax dollars to choose the best uh, needs for their children, it works every single yeah, time. Yeah, I, th- I think there were studies done in uh, Washington, D.C. and Cleveland and a couple other uh, low income low income areas that, uh, hey, you know what, if given the choice, even the low income parents will will get their kids over to a, a better school because they want the best for their kids instead of just settling for the one that's close and, and hey, this is where we are and this is what we get. Hey, anyway, we're all out of time for uh, part one of the main event. Can you stay stay with me for uh, some more questions in part two? Happy to. Thanks. All right. Hey, stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, sports, and commercials, and we'll be right back with Dr. Robert McClure. The season's upon us. It's that time of year. Brandy. back to the main event uh before the break before the break we've been talking to dr uh, robert mcclure uh the president ceo of the madison the james madison institute uh in florida uh, their their last free market think tank in uh, in america basically and we've been talking about the comparison between uh, florida and california and uh some of the reasons why the statistics that we saw with uh, newsom and desantis up on the stage why they are what they are and of course, we all got to see uh, Newsom try to create his own his own data, and uh, you know Hannity would put up put up data data and ask him to ask about ask them to answer to it. And of course, Newsom said, "Sure, I'm going to answer that, but first, let me get to this. This is important." And bring up his own bring up his own uh, statistics that he just pulled out of his pocket. <laughs> I'll use that. <laughs> hey, but before, before we did before the break, before we ran out of time at the break, we were talking about education, and I had mentioned that there was a study, and I and I read it in uh, one of Sean Hannity's books about ten or fifteen years ago um, about these charter schools and how the lower income people in some of the lower income uh, areas of the country, uh, it it was proven if you have if you have the choice to use vouchers and send your kids to a charter school or to any school that gives your uh, kid a, a better, uh, a better education, they will. And Bob, you had, you had some, uh, something to add to that. Sure. I mean, the bottom line is it doesn't matter what your economic status is. Everyone wants the same shot at the American dream for themselves, their children, uh, and their grandchildren. I mean, it's that simple. And education is the, key to that American dream. Uh, and, and so what we saw in, in when Governor DeSantis ran eight years ago, uh, he ran against an African-American Democrat, uh, Andrew Gillum, 
and it was going to be a very close race. I think there were about 8 million uh, votes cast. Out of those 8 million, Governor DeSantis won by 30,000 votes. So if you stay with me for a second, so in that race, there were a half a million African-American women who voted in that race. Okay, history would tell you that all of them, 99.9% of them would vote for a black Democrat, right? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. just the way history has shown it to be. Governor Sanchez got 20% of the vote. He got 100,000 African-American women's votes uh, in that race. And he wins the race by 30,000 votes. So they actually put him over the top. Uh, And the question when they were asked why, and the Wall Street Journal has done extensive research on this, and so have we at, at JMI, uh, was that Governor DeSantis pledged to expand at that time the school choice programs that were in place. Andrew Gillum, a tool of the teachers' unions, and Randy Weingarten, although Randy is not from Florida, uh, pledged to shut them down. And the overwhelming use of school choice programs, participation demographic, is African-American and Hispanic uh, families. And so they voted the self-interest of their children and their grandchildren, and they voted for a white, very conservative Republican over an African-American Democrat by 20 percent. And it gave Governor DeSantis the election. victory. So they they did the logical thing. What people should do is say, hey, what I I vote yes and no to on the propositions and what I and and who I vote vote for in the different positions should be based on what's best for me and my family. And, 100%. and of course in California, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Right. They, they read the title of the title of the, uh, of the propositions. They look at who's better looking and who, what color somebody is. They don't listen to anything and they just vote. And of course the Democrats are great at, at, at harvesting. Hey, people that don't care about voting, under normal circumstances, those votes would just not get get counted. But the Democrats will go out there and say, hey, I got a $5 uh, Starbucks card. If you're not going to vote, we'll vote it for you. And uh, sure, I'll take the Starbucks gift card. And or for whatever reason, hey, can I can I vote that for you? I'll pick it up. And whether it's whether you fill out or not, we'll take it. And for whatever reason, Republicans haven't figured out, hey, if this is going to be a legal strategy, we have to we have to get good at this ourselves. So let's go. Let's go on to uh, let's go on to crime. Uh, crime in California skyrocketed. Retail theft is rampant and violent crime is out of control. And I've said for the last few years, people aren't leaving California because the taxes are too high. They're not leaving California because of all the illegal immigrants They're What's really making people leave is the crime. And, uh, you know, I won't let my wife go to the grocery store or the gas station by herself at night. Um, it's just, and I don't go myself without carrying a firearm um, just because, I mean, most people won't mess with me. I'm not a small guy, but there's always there's always going to be that first time. So I have my license to carry and I carry. Um, right. So it's, it's, out, it's out of, it's out of control. Um in the debate, we were shown these statistics that California's for uh, 2022 violent crime rates 499. Let's just say 500, 500 uh, violent crimes per 100,000 people in California, uh, 258, 259,000 per 100,000 people 
or I'm sorry, 259 violent crimes per 100,000 people in Florida uh, in the same year. And the national average was 381,000 per 100,000. So comparing California to Florida, California has twice as many crimes per 100,000. And considering that, considering that California has almost twice as many people, so you could say, hey, there's 200,000 violent crimes going on in our state uh, in one year versus uh, 50,000 violent crimes in Florida. Um, So you have four times as much many violent crimes in in our area, in our our state. Um, Instead of addressing this head on, Newsom attempted to hijack the topic and started attacking Ron DeSantis about school shootings, which is a completely different matter. And DeSantis came back with this. Back to so this is, this is the slick politician. You put up the rates. He has 500 per 100,000. Florida is 250. So that's almost twice as much. And he's trying to spin that to say California's doing good. People are leaving California in droves, largely because public safety has collapsed. Uh, they have... I mean, it, you, you go, when Californians come to Florida, one of the things they'll say, it's almost like an out-of-body experience. They can go to the store, get toothpaste off the shelf, pay for it, and leave. Because in a lot of these places in California, everything's under lock and key because they've basically legalized retail theft. They have chosen in California to put the interests of the criminals over public safety. Uh, they treat... Uh, They're easier on sex offenders. They're easier on all these crimes that are leading to a collapse in the quality of life. And if you just walk around San Francisco, uh, you will see, and I think it's interesting, Gavin Newsom was mayor of San Francisco. So he took the San Francisco model, turned that into a template for California's collapse. Now the left wants to take the California model and use that as a template for America's collapse. Dr. Bob McClure, tell our uh, listeners why... Why in California, crime is almost twice as high as Florida? Well, I think there are several factors. I, you know, uh, first of all, to to look at these statistics, uh, you know, it is per 100,000, Florida's crime rate is half of California's. You think about that. And people like to say, oh, but we have L.A. and we have San Francisco, but, but we have Miami and Orlando and Tampa and St. Pete. These are huge metropolitan areas. <laughs> Jacksonville, huge metropolitan area. Um, and it's as diverse, uh, every bit as diverse as the state of California, so you can't use that. Uh, the real, and Miami, as I told you earlier, is was recently noted as the safest large city in America. And there are a couple of reasons why. Number one, uh, in Florida, our leadership, even on the Democratic side, they back the police police funding, um, um, uh, law enforcement funding at the state level, at the local level. The governor has set the tone and has laid it out very clearly. You will back the police and the sheriffs in your cities or the state will come down on you. Um, The most recent Democratic opponent who ran against Republican Senator Marco Rubio was the former chief of police, an African-American woman from Orlando. And she ran on law and order as a Democrat in Florida. Now she lost the race, but she still ran as a former police chief for law and order. So not only is it uh, financial support, for uh, law enforcement. It is the rhetoric starting at the top with the governor. 
You don't see that with Gavin Newsom. You don't see no. that with the mayors of the various cities uh, in California. The second thing that uh, Governor DeSantis has done is that uh, constitutionally, and he has the right to do this, he has removed uh, local uh, left-wing uh, Soros-funded DAs in St. Petersburg and I believe Orlando for not enforcing the law against criminals. He has removed them. Now, of course, they, you know, it's, it's gone into litigation, but it will be upheld because he did it in the proper constitutional fashion. You can remove an officer for not enforcing the law. And he, he, he re, um, removed those districts, district attorneys. So what kind of message does that send to a district attorney in a blue county uh, or a blue city? You will be removed if you do not enforce the law, not break the law, not uh, police abuse, uh, none of that kind of stuff. Simply enforce the law. And so it's been financial. It's been the rhetoric from the top down setting the tone. And it's also been action by removing district attorneys who were Soros funded and were trying not to enforce the law from the top down and across this large and complicated state. We have sent the message that we will not tolerate high crime. Yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, just just so you know, some uh, some um, stats for California, um, and so that our listeners can can think about this when uh, over the next year between now and the election, crimes that spiked in California during and after COVID since 2019, according to the Public Policy Institute of California, homicides have have gone up 34 percent. Aggravated assaults have gone up 25%. When gun factors in, it goes up, goes up even more. Gun-related homicides and aggravated assaults surged by 37, by 37% and 61% respectively. So 30, 37% for uh, gun-related homicides and 61% for aggravated assaults, respectively. Even though uh, California has, as Newsom loves to point out some of the strictest gun gun control laws in the nation. So hence, uh, California, and you can compare the really strictest uh, city of Chicago that has the highest crime rates, I think, in uh, for with uh, gun gun use, and they are they ban guns in the city of uh, Chicago. Robberies involving firearms are up twelve percent. Auto thefts went up thirty one percent. Vehicles are getting stolen right out of public parking lots and shopping centers. Happens all the time now, especially during the holidays, because people are going to going to go into the malls and the stores, and they're going to be in there for a long time, so the guys come and get them. The state laws we can thank for this, which uh, Jerry Brown, Gavin Newsom, and the Democrats in our state legislature endorsed wholeheartedly. Prop 47, which downgraded seven different felonies into misdemeanors uh, back in 2014. Our listeners may remember that the legislators ironically named it the Safe Neighborhoods and Schools Act, which is why pe- what, which is why low information and no information voters voted for it, which is how they deceive people into voting for it. One of the crimes it impacted was shoplifting. This is how we got the law that protects criminals as long as they don't steal more than $950 worth of merchandise. Uh, it's the same for fraud, writing bag checks, just a misdemeanor if, as long as it's under 950 bucks. Prop 57, which passed in 2016, uh, reduced prison sentences and put 91,000 criminals back on the streets. That makes you feel safe. And AB 109, uh, which moved lower level felons, that's code for drug dealers and car thieves, from state prisons into overcrowded county jails. 
So a lot of them would end up getting released too. And of course, you know, when, when COVID came to make sure they didn't get COVID, they released them. I would have think they would have been uh, more protected being in a, uh, in a uh, closed environment like jail. And now we have, a, and now that you let out all those uh, car thieves and drug dealers, we have a fentanyl epi- epidemic and rampant auto theft. So that just worked out great. So uh, whenever you hear Gavin Newsom uh, brag about California focus on public safety realignment, he's talking about these three laws and he's really proud of them. Uh, but that's what's pushing uh, Californians out to all the other states. Um, I don't know if you I didn't know if you had all the details on on uh, those little those those few things. So I want to make sure and share those with you, Bob. Yeah, no, it's stunning. The statistics that you just read. And so uh, what you see is a direct contrast. Again, you go back, the left says if they throw money at it, somehow that's going to be effective. Uh, those on the center right uh, look for results, and the results are what they are in the state of Florida. And so that is why at the beginning of this conversation, we talked about the out-migration uh, from California to Florida. Here, here's what's going to happen with that is essentially the state of California ultimately will become a banana republic. You will have the uber wealthy where government's decisions don't really affect them because they can overcome them with with wealth and influence and carve outs and subsidies and those kinds of things. And you have the very poor who don't have the ability to move. It's the middle class that's going to leave California and you're going to end up with a banana republic. Meanwhile, in Florida, with 800 people moving here a day, Uh, You have um, job growth, GDP, um, uh, small business, the ability to start a small business, um, all of those kinds of kind of economic data points uh, are as robust, uh, number one in the entire country. And that's, you know, you go back to the crime rates and the, the details that you just referenced. That's what we're seeing happen over and over and over again every day. Yeah, I was going to mention uh when you were talking about city of Miami and crime, um, when you've been to Miami or Fort Lauderdale, the cruise ships coming in and out of there, there is such a constant flow of, of tourists coming in and out of those cities. Like every day, every day there's right. a cruise ship dumping people out and then picking up a bunch of people that are coming in at the airports. You would think that would push crime up because you got a bunch of tourists and tourists travel with money and the, the bad guys would want to, would want to take advantage of that. And of course you've got, we have Disneyland here, but I think uh, Disney World is is a bigger draw and you got uh, the Kennedy Space Center, all those touristy things going on in Florida, you'd think the crime would be a lot higher. Right, and and it ha- and here's the thing, you you know, you, said, you were saying earlier, there's always hope. I mean, you can change these things around with the right policies. Miami has not always been the safest large city in America. And so you can change these, you can change the way the world works in California with the right policies. Because as I said, I mean, what was, what was uh, Miami in the eighties and, and uh, you know, so New York so city we, in the eighties, right? New York city in the eighties before Rudy Giuliani. So you can change the, this future. It's not inevitable, but it requires courage it requires leadership, and it requires the right policies. Absolutely. Hey, uh, w- well, there's one topic I wanted to hit on um, before we got to that, but you just said, "Hey, this is what the this is what the what's going to require to turn this around." Um, taxes. 
And I thought this was, I thought this was completely confusing as to what Newsom was trying to say. Um, Newsom continued to say he only taxes the rich, which we know is not the truth. And he claimed that DeSantis taxes the low income folks the most, but don't we all pay the same tax? Whether you're rich or poor, you go to, you go to the grocery store, you pay at the gas pump. I don't see, did you, did you follow that in the, in the, uh, in the debate when he goes, Oh, yeah. we don't, we don't tax the poor people. And Newsom, Newsom pointed out eighty four thousand dollar earner, a couple making eighty four thousand in California, which is a husband and wife both making minimum wage now, uh, eighty four thousand dollars at twenty dollars an hour um, is about eighty one thousand. But you get taxed at six percent. Florida, you get tax zero. Right. So where? I mean, so where's where's Florida get their tax money? The from sales tax uh, primarily. And some user fees and different things like that um, with, um, you know, building projects and those kinds of things. Uh, property taxes are also a component, but our, our sales tax and our property taxes are lower than the state of California. Our total tax I think, I bill. Think your, I think your property taxes are a little bit higher, but your sales tax is lower. That's right. That's right. Uh, but our total tax bill, I mean, we said this earlier, if you're middle class, couple making $150,000 a year, uh, Gavin Newsom's going to take 15,000 of that. He's going to take almost 10% of that. In Florida, they won't take any. If you look at the total tax bill for Floridian versus um, a Californian, Florida's number one, number two in the country, depending on what index you look at, California's 49th or 50th. So Gavin Newsom was either duplicitous on purpose or he's not very smart because the reality is Gas prices double in California what they are in Florida. That is a form of tax. Housing prices, a form of tax. Yes. Housing prices double in California what they are in Florida. That is a tax. That is user fees in the environmental regulations. If you look at the Wall Street Journal every single weekend, there is some article about, you know, uh, some city it's been Ocala, Florida. It's been Indianapolis, Indiana. And they're all the same story. People leaving California to move to cities where the cost of living and the tax and regulatory environment is, are, are all lower. So Gavin Newsom is, is either um, um, you know, ignorant, apathetic, or not very bright. And I'll leave that to you to make that decision. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I would say it's... I think he's criminally smart, mm. but he's he's common sense. Common sense wise, he doesn't have any. So right. he's he's thinking of he's thinking of smart ways to steer people into voting things that make him rich and get him where he wants to. While we he destroys our destroys our uh, our state. But you know, for for the tax thing, I say I understand that Nevada doesn't Nevada doesn't have any uh, income tax. And they pay, and and their and their uh, property taxes are very low, but they get all the taxes from gambling. Right. I don't see where Florida gets it. Florida gets most of theirs from sales tax. We generate uh, 130 million tourists a year coming to the state of Florida. It's there we basically, go. It's the tourist, um, the tourist, uh, yeah. the tourist uh, industry. Is, yeah. is yeah. paying it's, for it. It's basically the entire country of Germany and a half. 
coming to Florida every year, uh, spending money in Florida and then going home. Um, and that's about the number of tourists. Smart management. They're not, they don't, do you guys have a teacher's union in Florida? We do, but it is uh, very weak. They don't run uh, the state though. No, they don't. And we don't, you know, we, whether it's paycheck protection, which we have in Florida, which means that teachers unions can't automatically take 700 bucks from a teacher's account without he or she knowing it. We have paycheck protection. We also are a right to work state and you guys are not a right to work state. And that is a huge issue for you guys in California. Florida's constitution makes it uh, mandatory. It guarantees that employees have the liberty to decide for themselves whether they want to pay union fees. But in California, uh, it's a major contrast. You guys have mandates of union participation for private employees. And as a consequence, uh, it subjects them to all kinds of intimidation and coercion by union bosses in California. We don't have that. We're a right to work state. And again, I think California is a right to work state as well, but the not not if you're in the not if you're in certain industries, the teachers unions and the there's certain there's certain uh, areas where the unions are. But I think we are now a right to work state in the last several years. But um, hey, but we're gonna we're gonna run out of time. Yeah, I have my own theories on what California needs. I wrote about it in my book, Experience Matters. Here's mine. Um, my last question was going to be: Do you think it's possible for California ever to bring its glory back? You told us. Got to change leadership. Any any last closing closing comments on uh, uh, other than a pitch to for everybody to move to Florida? Absolutely. Um, two states with very similar demographics, uh, very similar municipalities, very similar state structures. Tons of natural resources in both. It has not always been this great in Florida. It didn't happen overnight. It took thirty years, starting with Jeb Bush back in the day. It can happen in California. In the the answer is freedom. When you have good policies that promote opportunity and freedom, you will have the kind of state that will want people to move back to the state of California. And finally, if you want to learn more about the James Madison Institute, your listeners can visit jamesmadison.org. We're based in the state capital in Florida, but we work nationally across the entire country, jamesmadison.org. And Thank you so much. I really appreciate and, the opportunity to be and on the show. And thank you for coming on the main event. We'll have you on again. That was a very interesting conversation, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Hey, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. So my name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back again with you next week.